What the heck is social proof and how can we use it in our one-on-one service-based business? This is what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to dive into the different types of social proof that you can be adding to your business to land more clients that can actually pay your premium prices. So let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business, and now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Hey, 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 y'all. Welcome back to another episode of the Surf Scale Store podcast. My name is Brandy Mouse. I'm beyond excited about today's episode where we're diving into social proof and how you can use it for your one-on-one service-based business. Now, social proof for some of you are probably like, wait, what is it? Or maybe isn't that what ads are or influencers use? But in our service-based business, we can use it as well. And so I'm going to break down the different types of social proof that you can add. There's four different ones I'm going to train you on. And we're going to talk about exactly like what's the best way to use them and who is this for. So first, let's identify what social proof is. Social proof is a psychological phenomenon where people assume the actions of others in an attempt to reflect correct behavior for a given situation. And this is the definition by the author of Influence, which is one of my favorite books, Robert. I have no idea how to say his last name, but just look up the book Influence with the author's name, Robert. And it is pretty much breaking down that this is something that happens psychologically where people want to take the actions other people have taken because they're wanting the same results that those people had. So this is where we see influencer marketing really being effective. This is where like Yelp reviews and Google reviews help local businesses. But how the heck does this apply to our service-based business? So I'm going to break down the four different ways in this episode that you can use social proof for one-on-one freelancing business. And so we're going to start, I'm going to go over the four different types and then we're going to break them down in more details. And then I'm going to show you where you can get even more resources on using social proof in your business. Okay, so let's start with number one, which is testimonials. Then we're going to dive into referrals, case studies, and earned media. So when it comes to social proof, there's different types of social proof out there that they define. And so when we use social proof, it's use or wisdom of the crowd. And so this is a type of social proof when people look at something and decide if they're going to purchase or go with that service, it's because the use and wisdom of the crowd. So they've already used it. They've already tried it. So it takes some of those insecurities away from using the service because other people have already done it. And then one of the stats from Big Commerce says 88% of consumers trust online testimonials and reviews as much as a recommendation from a friend or family. So let's break down how powerful this could be for your business. So referrals are more coming from friends and family, and we'll talk about those. But testimonials, most of the time when people read them, are from strangers. And so this report showed from Big Commerce, 88% of consumers trust online testimonials and reviews as much as recommendations from friends or family. That's insane. That's a crazy stat. And so when I read that, I'm like, if you're not using testimonials, you're missing out. And then from Search Engine Watch said 72% of consumers 
will take action only after reading a positive review. So if you don't have any testimonials, I don't want to get you discouraged if you're just starting out and we're going to talk about ways to overcome that. But you could be missing out on a ton of people because they may be going with someone who has a testimonial because you're not showcasing them. And the crazy thing is so many of y'all have testimonials that you could be collecting, but you hide them or you have them and you never show them all. So instead of like hoarding these testimonials and not showcasing them, let's showcase them because 72% of consumers only will take action after reading a positive review. So let me ask you this question. With that being said, how much potential revenue have you been missing out on? And I have a feeling a lot of you have been missing out on a lot of revenue. So when we talk about testimonials, they can be written, they can be video, they can be results or relationship driven. Now, the best thing about this for people who are just starting out or maybe you're pivoting services. So maybe you have testimonials for Pinterest management, but now you're going into Facebook ad management and you don't have any of those. Or maybe you're just getting started in the online space. This is where relationship testimonials can really, really pay off. And this is something I call them. This is not like a real term. Maybe it is, but I don't know. But when I talk about relationship testimonials, it talks more about who you are as a person and what you bring to the table in that sense instead of the results that you've brought. So one of the testimonials I used when I was switching from doing all the things, a lot of Pinterest, a lot of organic social to Facebook ads and funnels was one from a client who said, Brandy brings innovative ideas. She always meets deadlines. Like that's more about me as a person rather than the results that I had for her. And so using that can carry on because people want to see a positive review So how can we show them who we are and what it's like to work with us? So if you're getting started out and you don't have any clients yet, but you've done work in other industries before, so maybe you had like a boss that loved working with you, reaching out to them and getting a recommendation, or maybe you've done like small jobs for other people, reaching out to them, asking for a testimonial. They can be more about what it's like to work with you then what it's like to get a results for a certain situation. There's nothing wrong with that because you're not making up stuff. It's just a relationship testimonial that's more about who you are as a person and what it's like to work with you than a results-based. Now, ultimately, we would love to have results and relationship testimonials, but when you're getting started, you got to take what you can take. So how do we go about getting these testimonials? The first way is the easiest way, and that's just by asking your clients asking them, finding out, just saying like, hey, would you mind leaving a few words? I'm growing my testimonial page. Or hey, I know that we just finished up this project. Would you mind like typing a few sentences in Slack about what it was like to work with me? So just by asking can get you a long way. Sometimes we want to overcomplicate things when really, if we just ask for what we want, usually we're going to get it. Then using screenshots. So we love those love notes that clients send us that are like, in Voxer or Slack, or maybe they voiced it and they're like, oh my gosh, we just did this and it was so incredible. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Screenshot those. Be taking, like saving the voice notes. These are things that you can use as testimonials. You can also send a feedback form or a testimonial form. These can be where you actually ask them to fill out a form. The nice thing about this is you can ask very strategic questions 
that get you very strategic testimonials that will talk about results and relationship. However, these usually require a lot of follow-up. Like you're gonna have to send them a lot. If you present it as a feedback form, the great thing is though you can send it quarterly or twice a year and have them automated through HoneyBook or Dubsado, which is great. And then showcase your clients. This is a way that I used to do this with some of my clients. I do it on the podcast all the time. Y'all see me showcasing our serve scale soaring conversions for clients members. And so showcasing your clients, I did this especially with some of my clients in Facebook lives. And what we did is we went live and we talked about a strategy that we implemented. And what happened during that is we got to showcase their business, but then we also got to showcase what it's like to work with me. And so if you want to find one of these, we'll link it up. But I have a YouTube video that talks about this on my YouTube channel. And it's like called King Sumo Giveaway or something. And we recorded it. And it's really cool because we're showcasing this strategy that was out of the box for this industry that I came up with. What it was like working with me. And she's bragging. And we got to showcase her as well. So you can showcase your clients, whether it's live, on podcasts, or a blog post but showcasing the results that you're getting. And then there's always the testimonial swap. I'm not a huge fan of this. I'm just gonna be real honest because I've seen it backfire on people a lot. But if you know another service provider, like maybe you're a copywriter and then you know a website designer and maybe you need a homepage done, they need like some copy for their website done, y'all do a service for each other swap and then write a testimonial for each other. You can do that, but I say that proceed with caution. A lot of times these do not work out as well as you think. I would focus more on getting those relationship testimonials from previous work experience or family or someone who you've worked with. So that is the first way for social proof is testimonials. This is something I believe every single one of you could go out if you already have clients right now and even if you don't and ask for a testimonial. It doesn't have to be long or strategic. It can be, and that's the best. But when you're just getting started, two lines works. Like start hitting on those 70% of buyers who are reading a positive review before they take action. Okay, so the next one, now that we talked about testimonials, the next social proof method is referrals. And when I pulled our audience, I asked them where they found their clients from. And two of them came in first place. And that was Facebook groups, and that's even still today. So anyone who says Facebook groups are dead or whatever, I have a whole bunch of freelancers that would disagree with you. So job ops through Facebook groups, and then referrals. Those were the top two places people were finding clients. And with that being said, a stat from Xtoll says, business to business companies, which is what you are, because you are selling your service usually to another business. So business-to-business companies with referrals have 70% higher conversion rate and they report 69% faster close time on a sales. So how would you like to be closing more discovery calls at a higher rate and doing it faster without waiting for them to make a whole bunch of decisions? I know that I would, like that's incredible. So how can we get more referrals? Well, there's two main ways that I think. One is through a referral program And one is through what I call surprise and delight. And so the one I'm more passionate about is surprise and delight. And this is where when a client refers you, you, well, first off, you have to provide excellent service so that they're more likely to refer you. And we've talked about this too, is becoming more specialized and known for what you do. 
is also an amazing way to have clients refer you because you do one or two things. They know exactly what they do. And so when someone says, I'm looking for a podcast manager, I'm looking for a Pinterest manager, I'm looking for a Facebook ad manager, your name is what pops up in their brain. And so it's important to have those aspects set up for the surprise and delight to work. But you surprise them, you delight them, you provide the most amazing service, and then they want to refer you. So when they refer you, there's no set referral program, you get to decide. So I know with some clients, they like money, like they just rather have a payout. And so maybe I'll send them 10% of whatever the package was. Or I have other clients that love receiving gifts in the mail. So maybe I would send them a big box box, whatever those boxes are called in the mail. Or if I have a foodie client, maybe I send them a big thing of brownies. And so I get to decide there's no like set thing. And the cool thing about that is most people actually don't get excited about receiving a payout for a referral. It's way more fun when they get something that excites them that they wouldn't normally buy themselves. And so I'm a big fan of with referrals, providing excellent service, getting really niched down, and then asking clients too, like, hey, do you know anyone that's looking for an ad manager, I have one spot left this month. And just asking, and then when they send them my way, I can then spoil them and surprise and delight them. However, when you have a referral program, sometimes I don't always see it working out amazing with clients because they probably would have referred you anyway. But where I do see it is if you want to bring in referral partners. So this is maybe someone who is a web designer and you're a copywriter. We'll just go back to this. And y'all refer people to each other and there's some bonus there that can work out really nicely. Just know sometimes it muddies the water a little bit. So I say pick which one sounds best to you having a standard referral program or doing a surprise and delight. But the big thing is you have to provide excellent service regardless in order to gain those referrals. So we've talked about testimonials. We've talked about referrals. The third type of social proof that you can have is case studies. And these are so powerful. And HubSpot defines a case study as a detailed story of something your company did. And they usually include a discussed conflict that a specific customer faced, an exploration of what happened next, and a resolution that portrays how the company solved and improved the issue. So pretty much you're telling a story. And I love that. And you're telling a story through the results. And with these, I know some of you may be like, well, Brini, I'm not an ad manager. This isn't as easy to do for me because I don't have like these black and white results. But I've seen case studies done inside ServeScaleSore from ad managers, social media managers, conversion copywriters, podcast managers, launch managers, OBMs, funnel builders, Pinterest managers, web designers, email marketers. And this is just the ones I've personally seen. So if they can do it, you can come up with a case study. It's about telling a story. And so when we're looking at that, how can we really showcase these case studies once we have these made? So once we have a case study done, I think there's three ways in your funnel that you can showcase them. You've heard me say before, if you've listened to the podcast for any time, and if you're new, you'll hear me say this now, as a one-on-one service provider, Growing an email list is not top priority. Chances of you getting a client from email marketing is very, very slim for the most part. Now, that's not a hard and fast rule, but for the most part, that's not where you're going to land your client. 
So I'm always a big proponent of not focusing on a lead magnet right away. We have a whole podcast episode we'll link up about when should you spend time on email marketing. But if you're going to have a lead magnet, the best type of lead magnet to have is a case study. So leading with this case study as your lead magnet. Learn how, like if it was a podcast manager, learn how brand new podcasts went from zero to 10,000 downloads within their first month. Case study, like, wow, I want to read that. Like, what do they do? And this could be something where a podcast manager does a launch and tells what their launch strategy was. Or if it's a Facebook ad, find out how this course creator 5X her launch with only 3,000 in ad spend. You could do something like that. Or for a conversion copywriter, learn how with this simple copy tweak, we were able to 3X sales on the sales page. So there's so many ways you can have a really sexy headline that gets people in. They download your lead magnet because now these are also the potential people that would hire you. So now you have a very, like you have a robust follow-up sequence or you physically follow up with them in your emails manually. And so this is going to bring in more qualified leads. So using your case study as a lead magnet. Now, I do want to say this is a more advanced strategy. So if you're just getting started out, this is not the first way I would use it. Two is before the discovery call. So if you can send this after you send the confirmation email a day or so before the discovery call, if you can send this out to them and have them read it before they jump on the call. What this is doing is building no like, and trust before they even jump on the call with you. So then they're already excited about the call. They're more likely to show up. They've seen what you can do. And remember, when we were looking, 70% of people read a positive review before making a purchase. So can we take care of that beforehand? So that's one way. The other way is to close the deal. This is when you send it out in the proposal. You send the case study out in the proposal and that way they can, if they didn't read it, if you sent it before, not everyone's going to, they have it afterwards or maybe you just send it after because they need more time to think about it. Sending a case study is going to help them feel confident in hiring you and it gives them one more proof, social proof element, that you are the expert. So having these case studies can be used in one, two, three or always inside your funnel in order to land more clients. And it does not matter what niche you're in. So we've talked about testimonials. We've talked about referrals. We've talked about case studies. So now the fourth and final one that we're going to talk about is the earned media. And so with earned media, we've talked about this so many times on here, but earned media can be extremely powerful. Code Design said earned media is coverage or promotion of your brand through organic means. It's very effective form of content marketing and also is the toughest media type to get. It's free and not paid and not owned by your company. So this is someone else singing your praise on their platform. So the most common ways that we see earned media is through podcast, guesting on other people's podcasts which we'll link up Angie Trueblood's episode on that. Also, publication. So being featured in like Forbes or USA Today or I was published in social media today. So a publication, but that publication can also be someone's blog post. 
We also got an award featured in one for like best freelancing websites one time. And so that was on someone's blog. And then guest trainings. These can be on YouTube. They can be on people's Facebook groups. They can be inside their program, but showing up in guest trainings. And then the fourth one is social media takeovers. And social media takeovers are probably my least favorite only because they're the most short-lived unless they're on YouTube. And so this is where you go on someone else's platform and show up as your expertise. So maybe this is on an Instagram story or an Instagram live or a Facebook live or YouTube live. And YouTube live is probably or YouTube recorded is probably the two that I would say, if you're going to do this, do it there because it lives on Google searchable. And my favorite is podcast pitching. So when we look at this, what are the shows that you can get on? And I want to say this because some people are like, huh, I am just never going to get on a show. But there's 2.4 million podcasts currently in 2022. With 2.4 podcasts out in the world, don't you think you could focus on getting on one podcast per month? That would be 12 podcasts per year. The top 10% of podcasts get 335 downloads per episode in the first seven days. So that means that just in seven days, they're getting 335 downloads. That doesn't include all the like, it's evergreen. It lives on all the downloads that they're going to come after that. The top 25% get 93 downloads. So if you could get between 1,200 new ears, I was going to say eyeballs, but ears to 4,000 new people to hear your name and expertise for free, would it be worth it? What if you sent four pitches per month that took one hour to write? Would that be worth it? This is the best free media that you can get. And it comes down to being consistent and sending out these podcast pitches and then following up. We have the whole episode from Angie on how to do this. But I'm telling you, if you want to get in front of people, and the best part is not only are you getting from their audience, you're spending 30 to an hour with the podcast host, which is how I landed a lot of my top paying clients is because they had me on their show, they heard my expertise, then they wanted to hire me. And then they know other people who are high paying clients, that then they referred me. There's a lot of power in podcast pitching. But I want you to pick one of these. Like if you are like, okay, I want to go all in on earned media for my social proof. Can you be a guest on podcasts? Can you get on Haro, which is a free website? It's H-A-R-O, and start getting featured on that. That's how it's featured in social media today. I will say that with this, publications are more about your featured in banner, which is social proof. But there's better social proof that I think weighs more than just those banners on your website. So publication are going to be more about the featured in banner on your website. Guest trainings. These can be really, really powerful, but we want to make sure we're reading the contracts. We're going to make sure we look at the contracts, we read them, and we understand them. Also included in guest trainings is being in summits, but I want us to be very careful what guest trainings we're going to be in because we could say yes to all of them and that would be a total time suck. Or we can make sure our ideal client is watching these trainings and summits. That's what's really important, that if you're looking for clients who can pay a premium price, you don't want to be guesting in a brand, like a brand new program for newbies where they're not going to be able to pay you yet. So we want to be very, very careful with which ones of these we're doing. I know two of our members inside Serve Scale Soar guest train 
and high ticket programs. These people are already paying thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars per month to be in there. And then they guest train. Well, that's where a lot of their clients are coming from. So that's a strategic way to do this. Not all guest trainings and summits are going to be equal. So when we talk about earned media, we want to be very strategic with what we pick so we can be most strategic with our time. So out of those four, I'd love to ask you, which one could you focus on this week and this month? Podcast pitching, creating a horror habit, guesting our summits, reaching out to people, or scheduling a social media takeover. With any of these, I don't want you to go all in and thinking like, okay, Brandy told me I need to collect testimonials. I need to start asking for referrals. I need to build a case study and I need to earn media. No, I want you to focus on one thing at a time. So maybe this month you're like, okay, I'm going to work on getting testimonials. That's going to be my focus. And then maybe after you start collecting those, then you're going to send out and start asking for referrals or creating a referral program. And then the next month, maybe you build your case study and start getting that set up, maybe in a lead magnet or part of your workflows for your discovery calls. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to get on some podcasts. I'm going to pitch. And you start pitching yourself on podcasts. We want to take this one thing at a time. So you actually do it and we're not getting overwhelmed. So the next question with this is what the heck do you do once you have social proof? Because I told you, we don't want to hoard social proof. We want to share it and show it. That's where our sales are going to come from. And so ways to display your social proof. I'm going to give you a big list. You'll probably have to rewind and listen to it again. But where can we display our social proof? The homepage of your website. That's going to be the easiest one. Creating a client love page. In your proposals, showcasing these case studies and the testimonials in your proposal. Using your case study as a lead magnet. A featured on banner. So if you have that earned media having a featured on banner on your website and in your proposals. Showcase in a newsletter or welcome sequence. So maybe you send out a monthly newsletter and you showcase client results there. Or maybe you have a welcome sequence after the lead magnet that showcases different people's testimonials and case studies in there. On social media posts, inside Serve Scale Store, we have a whole template library full of templates you can use to showcase your post on social media and your testimonials. And then maybe a live or recorded interview so we can showcase our client. And finally, a blog post. You can always turn this into a blog post to give you more content, showcase your client, show what you are doing. The important thing about all this is we're just showing our social proof and not hiding it. So I'd love to know which one of these ideas can you run with and start collecting your social proof today, this week, and this month. Okay, my friends, That is how to use social proof in your service-based business. If you'd love to go deeper on this topic, you can go to servescalesore.com forward slash social proof. And we have an amazing training resource that you can grab for a super low fee that's going to give you all the resources you need to make this gaining social proof possible. We have templates, we have emails, we have pitch templates, we have how to like get featured in horror. We have it all in there for you. How to build a case study. It's all in this resource, plus a full hour long training going deep into each of these topics that we just went into. So you can go to servescalesore.com forward slash social proof, all one word, and grab that today. And we'll make sure that we link that up in the show notes as well. 
And until next week, go out, serve your clients, scale your business, and soar into the success you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.